Hey everybody, this is Zach Beach with the Before the Millions podcast. I know you're probably extremely surprised here. You're not hearing DeRay right now, so but please don't shut it off. Me and DeRay are very good friends here and uh, we have a mastermind call each and every week. So we've decided to switch things up with DeRay's permission and hopefully your permission. Again, I'm Zachary Beach. I have my own community, smartrealestatecoach.com, and uh, me and DeRay were speaking on our weekly accountability call and mastermind call, and we wanted to cover a very specific topic that we both see happen with our coaching students and, and in our lives. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest the needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobster, the cash flow ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place. Mr. Hollywood himself presents the Before the Millions podcast. And now your host, DeRay Olalaye. What is going on, BTM Tribe? We are two years in the game. This is the two-year anniversary of the Before the Millions podcast, and it's been a long time coming, guys. Welcome to episode 109. I am not your host for this episode, so I'm going to hand things over to the host. No tip of the week, no pre-roll. We're just going to get right into it, guys. We're going to talk about call reluctance, and this is going to benefit so many people, um, whether you're a real estate investor, a real estate entrepreneur, a realtor, a business owner, a coach, a mentor, an individual in sales, from executives to professionals to contractors and freelance entrepreneurs, guys, I want you guys to share this episode with every single person that you know is front-facing with a client, a seller, a buyer, a partner, anyone that needs to speak to another individual to make a sale, to get a deal done, to complete a transaction, to hit their quota, this episode is for them. So guys, share this episode far and wide because we're talking about call reluctance today. It's inconspicuously deceitful, but guys, we're going to show you how to be aware of it, how to know when you are facing call reluctance and how to overcome it. Okay, let's get to the show. And now your feature presentation. Uh, DeRay, hey, welcome to your own podcast. Man, Zach, it is great to be here. I'm super excited to be invited on my podcast. I cannot wait, wait to dive into the content that we have. Uh, again, I think that through our weekly calls, we literally have been doing weekly calls since what, like... It's about six months now. Yeah, it's been a while and we've gotten to know each other really well. And, you know, I think about some of the hangups that you go through and I go through and not only us, but our clients. And I'm just like, dude, like there's something out there that hasn't really been discussed a whole lot, especially on my podcast and all that I wanted to cover. And that topic today is call reluctance. 
and overcoming call reluctance. And, you know, you, you think about, well, what is call reluctance and how does that apply to me? And, you know, I'm not somebody who's on the phone all day. And I think that we all have a bit of call reluctance, whatever it is that we're facing, whatever it is that we're doing, you know, from people who are looking for motivated sellers and they're cold calling, people who are looking for clients and they're cold calling. I mean, door knocking. Let me even pull up my schedule for you really quick. I don't want people to think that I am excluded from this, from this master list. So right before this call, I had some call reluctance. You know, I have, I have about, I have about eight modalities. And when I first started as an entrepreneur, man, my call reluctance was through the roof. And I, (laughs) I definitely, uh, I definitely procrastinated a lot as I kind of progress through through my journey. But I realize that it's something that everybody goes through and something that you don't really overcome. And I want to kind of talk about some of the symptoms of call reluctance uh, here on the show. But I was looking at my schedule earlier and I was like, it's crazy how far I've came from the call reluctance I used to have and the call reluctance that I have now. You know, I operate mostly in about eight modalities, Zach. And on a daily basis, I'm sure you operate in some of these exact same modalities, if not every single one of them. But you know, I look at uh, some of the people that I talk to every single day from motivated sellers to investors or like partners and, and buyers, right? Uh, which is the second modality. The third modality may be like contractors, PM. So basically people who provide like business services or like, you know, and then I'm talking to my mastermind members, such as yourself and other people in my, in, in my other masterminds, right? And then I'm talking, I'm getting on client calls and then I'm interviewing entrepreneurs and then I'm being interviewed by other entrepreneurs. And then I'm doing pro bono calls with members of my community. So there's eight different modalities and there's eight different preparations for eight different types of calls. And there's actually probably even more. And I'm just like, man, like back in the day, I would not have been able to do all this. Duray, you just hit on eight different things and you hit on you know, eight different things in about 10 seconds. So I did just want to take a, a quick step back as you know, you've, you've come a long way, right? It's not like you've uh, kind of, and you, as you call them, eight different modalities. So it's not like you've just accomplished this all in the last like year, right? It's taken you over the last three, four years in order to, you know, get more expertise and or come up with a a better plan in order to accomplish this. What I like to call fear of the phone is really what's happening here is we all go through it, whether it is talking to a family member that we haven't talked to in a long time, or uh, like you said, a contractor or uh, another entrepreneur, because it does take energy in order to talk to people, or if you're in the, in the business of buying and selling property. So it does take energy in order to, in order to get this thing done. So what, basically what, if you can take a step back here, Dre, which one of these modalities did you start with, right? Because it's not like you did all eight of them. Like, why don't you kind of walk us back to the beginning of your journey and say, okay, well, which, which one of these did I start with? And then kind of walk us through a compound effect here. Yeah, I love that question. Well, my very first business was a drop shipping business. And what's crazy, I don't know if you know that about me, Zach, but what's crazy about drop shipping, for those of you who don't know what drop shipping is, is that you are essentially an e-commerce marketer, you're an e-commerce store. So you house products on your website and you don't necessarily need to have the inventory. You just need to be able to have contract uh, contracts with manufacturers who have the inventory so that when your customer purchases your inventory, those manufacturers ship them, the, they ship the items straight to the, uh, straight to the end buyer. So that's what drop shipping is in a nutshell for those of you who don't know. And I was listening to this podcast the other day, actually, I think yesterday it's called a uh, travel like a boss podcast. And there is this guy who has a, an amazing dropshipping store. I think he's doing like multiple six figures. And I, uh, he talks about when he first got started in 2015 or 2016, around the same time I got started, 
it took him maybe a few weeks to set up his store, get 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 everything ready for um, for his manufacturers to approve it, and then all he needed to do to get his business up and running was to make phone calls to different manufacturers, and those manufacturers were going to give him contracts to say, hey, go ahead and you can list our items and all and all that good stuff, and he can actually be open for business. It took him literally literally four months to make a single call because he was so scared, Zach. He was so scared that of the unknown, of the what ifs, of the, maybe they'll say no, or maybe they'll realize that this is my first time doing this. He was, he was terrified. And I went through the same thing. It didn't take me four months, but it took me about a week. And during that week, like every single day, I tell myself, I'm going to make the call the next day. I'm going to start making calls the next day. I'm going to do this. Like, this is, this is easy. It's just, it's just a conversation, right? And it wasn't until I overcame that fear and I made that first phone call, I realized how easy it really was and how like my nerves had, like they were just, it was just fear for no reason. You know, um, that first call, I talked to the manufacturer and I told them, hey, um, my name is Dre, this is my business and um, sent him my website. I was like, hey, I was interested in, you know, I was looking for a partnership. If you guys are interested, this is how, this is how it works. He said, yeah, sure. Uh, send, send me this, send me your EIN number. Uh, this is a, they, they sent me their catalog. They sent me their prices. And I was in business, Zach. I was in business, but it took me about a week to overcome that fear. And that's, that, that was kind of my first foray into business. And every single business after that, I had to step up to the plate and I had to kind of learn from, from, from that example. But that's kind of where it all stemmed from. That's, I bet you most of your audience didn't know that you were in the dropshipping business and that's why we wanted to turn the tables here. So that's, isn't it amazing um, that the, the fear of the phone almost caused that, that gentleman that you were talking about four months, almost caused him probably to lose his business or to never start one. And then same with you. It's, you, you either had, you had a business if you made the phone call, but that one phone call is what, is what Isn't it crazy. Is, <laughs> nobody thought, it's so crazy because as soon as you made the phone call, uh, you, it, the guy was like, yeah, sure. Let, let's do it. But yeah. it's, just, it's amazing. The stories that we make up in inside our heads and the assumptions that we make and it, we do it in, in a lot of our lives, but I think it's just, it's a very easy to, um, Talk about that when you talk about fear of the phone because you're not meeting with someone. You can't. You don't have that body language to to respond with. You don't have that personal tie. You have this barrier, which is your phone. So it's so easy to assume what the other person's thinking or assume what the, how the other person's going to react. Yeah. But all you got to do is do it, and then you get to start your own business. So that's <laughs> it's just that's a, it. example number one of why uh, fear of the phone is uh, is very real, but also why we got to eliminate it as much as possible. Let me jump in here a little bit because I, you know, one of the things that I admire about you and what you guys do over at Smart Real Estate Coach, I know about your experience when it comes to fear of the phone and not only your personal experience, but the experiences of the clients that you deal with every single day. And I'm just like, dude, like, most people have no idea, no idea that they have any type of call reluctancy. They may think it's this other thing or this thing or this thing. I mean, I mean, think about some of the examples and why you think I, I, I like I'm thinking about some right now. Like, you know, think about the fact that somebody says, well, I have other things to do first before they can make calls. Like you, you give them a schedule, you give them, hey, these are the calls you need to make to reach your reach your goal. And, you know, it's, it's laid out for them. But they don't do it. And it's, it's like, well, I have, I have these other obligations and they put these obligations that may mean something for them in that moment, but doesn't really mean anything for them in their future because they know if they make these calls, they can put 10, 15, 20, 30 K in their pocket. Right. But they're scared of these calls and it's not showing up as fear showing up as I'm too busy or I have some, I have this, that, and the third to do, or maybe, you know, or, or these types, these type of people, I need to make sure that I have everything ready first. You know, I need oh, yeah. to make sure 
have all the answers. Um, I need to make sure that I know how to rebuttal th this question. What it like? I need to have all of it before I can get started. And those people, they they just don't take any action. Or you have the people who actually get on the phone, right? And their fear shows up, or their their, their car relaxing shows up in a way that they don't even realize it's showing up. They're they're getting on the phone with them with, with the with the type of syntax like, "Are you sure it's still a good time?" We can do this later. If, if, you're, if you're not ready, I mean, next week, you know, they're already yeah. with that. Let's go ahead and schedule this later. Let's push this off because they think that, oh, I'm being nice. And I think all three of those things from being busy, from, from needing everything to get started and showing up on a phone call scared and timid, like that's all, that's all car reluctancy. I mean, what are some examples that you see, Zach? Well, I was just going to say fear shows up in many forms, right? Car reluctancy. I, I, can, I can already tell you uh, one of the solutions on which, you, which people should do, and this is a motto I've always lived by, and it's do the hard things first. Like if whatever the heck it is, and if it happens to be making phone calls, then don't schedule phone calls at the end of your day. Like do it first thing in the morning. And then the first response I always get is, yeah, but Zach, I can't make phone calls at eight in the morning. Like people aren't going to answer the phone. Yeah, but people aren't going to answer the phone at eight at night either if you're not making calls. Mm. So I want you to just make calls now and develop the habit of making calls. It's extremely important. But, but yeah, fear shows up in, in many different forms. It's uh, analysis of paralysis, like you were just talking about, where I got to know everything. It's, it's, yeah, I'm too busy. That's, but time, in my mind, time is, is, is relative, right? It's you, you make time for things that you want to accomplish and you eliminate everything else, you know, so then you don't have time. Those are some really good examples that, that you brought up there. So I've just, I've coached many students and, uh, and phone, fear of the phone is always uh, the first, first part of their journey. It's super important that you set yourself up to succeed by, by doing these things first, first and foremost, by doing the hard things first, but also also making sure that, you know, you're, you're being vulnerable. I think there's not enough vulnerability out there. And I know vulnerability is now kind of like a, a hot topic because I believe it's, uh, what's the author? Uh, Breen is her last name, I believe, where she has the book about vulnerability. But it's extremely important that you allow yourself to be vulnerable, especially when you're, you're starting a business, you're being an entrepreneur, you're making calls, you're starting either a real estate business or whatever business it is, because you got to you have to be okay with not being right all the time. You have to be okay with putting yourself out there and, and, you know, falling on your face because if you fall on your face enough, then you actually know what the heck you're doing. There's that saying that experts, experts are just have done everything wrong. And that's why now they're experts because they, they failed so much. So it's more or less, and I'm glad you brought up like these excuses, like what I call excuses, but uh, they come in many forms, but it's just important that the only answer is to take action uh, and people really get to start taking action. I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because I was in the position uh, like three years ago. I didn't know anything about real estate. I was just, my job was to make phone calls and I made phone calls in between being a personal trainer and a bartender. So I just had to fail and it was embarrassing for a while, but eventually you figure it out. Uh, and that's all that matters. As long as you're making those baby steps forward. So um, it's just super, super important that um, you start to take the fear or the, the call reluctancy head on. Uh, and start to realize when you, when you're actually in that state of mind where you actually are being reluctant. Yeah, and Zach, I think that's a good kind of 
thing to talk about. Like you say, take that fear head on. But I mean, how do people know that they're they're operating from a place of place of fear? Or how do people know that, you know, because, again, some people may may think that, no, I really am too busy or I really do have to do these things. How do people know when those are actually the cases or they're operating from a place of fear and they need to take action? Well, you got to always put your priority. Oh, let me start by saying this. You, got, you have to put your, you have to make your priorities a priority. So if making phone calls is part of your business and a key part of your business, like it is for us, then you have to make time for that. Now, yes, we are all busy. And, and the crazy thing about it is the, the more successful you are, the busier you, you're going to be. So you got to start becoming more and more protective of your time. So that could be a, a whole nother topic of conversation, but time management and being protective of your time is extremely important. But when you're busy, is it actually items or tasks that are going to move you and move the needle for the next day and move you closer to your goals? If those items that you're doing uh, are just busy work, then find somebody else to do them and delegate them or stop doing them altogether. So if you have the ability to eliminate some of that busyness, then you can replace them with actual tasks that are going to move it forward. So I just feel like, you know, when you're in a state of mind of fear. Zach, let me jump in here really quick, because I love how we can, we can kind of both kind of swing back and forth with this because you're operating from the very technical aspect of, Hey, block out this time and do this because you're going to make calls. And People need to, people need the technical guidance and the technical instructions. And I always, always, always try to deliver that. But I also have a part of this. It's one of my innate yearnings to help people with like maybe the mindset part of things, because it's only so much in me. This, this is a conversation you and I had about two months ago. I was like, like, I, was, I remember I was like, I came to you, Zach, and I was like, man, like, you know, I have this client and I tell them to do this, that, and the third and block out the time and do this. And I give them all the technical things, but they're, they're just not delivering. I'm just like, how do you, what can I do? How can I get better? What, how can I improve? How can I help my client improve? And we walked through a few more technical exercises, but I started to really think about it, Zach. And I started to, to think about the people who have all the technical pieces in place and they still fail to make calls. And I'm just like, well, well, maybe there's another way to attack this. And there's a, there's a, there's multiple ways to attack this. There's a technical aspect that you, that you need to make sure that you know, but there's also a, a mindset aspect behind what's driving you and, and, and why you're having this call reluctancy. So some of the reasons that I think of as to why people have call reluctancy, why people are scared to get on the phone, why people are scared to, to have that real contact, right? And I say real contact because people, I mean, people are killing it using Facebook ads, using direct mail, using uh, text message marketing and all these other things are killing it. I mean, these are multi-million dollar industries, right? But at the same time, the brand new entrepreneur, the brand new investor, like, first starting out, like they have to get face to face. Like, again, if, if door knocking was the ultimate thing, like I love door knocking because you can't run from that. You have direct contact. It's face to face, but it's not scalable. Right. So the next best thing is cold calling, but people have this fear. And, you know, often what I see that fear really stems from number one, and I'm sure you can agree with some of these things. And number one for me is that I think that people get on these calls with a focus on themselves, you know, Agreed. When, when, when you think about the fact that most people have a, a preordained agenda before they're getting on the call, like whether they're a wholesaler or a fixer, a flipper or, or a coach and consultant, they have a preordained agenda. And if you get on the, and if you get on the, the call with the mindset, I got to pay this bill or I need to meet my quota or I need to, I need to make sure this person likes my, my, uh, my wholesale terms or whatever the case may be. When you hop on the phone with that type of energy, that person can feel that. That person can feel that you don't have their best interest in hand. That person can feel that this is just another paycheck. And quite often you have call reluctance because you have 
a focus on yourself. Another thing I see people do wrong is, is not even do wrong, but people were taught sales wrong. People were taught, I mean, you know, you know, the seventies, eighties and nineties, like it's all about pressure sales. It's all about closing with, with the, you know, just, just, just beating like browbeating people. And it, it, it doesn't work anymore. Zach, you know, this, it, you can't, you cannot pressure people into buying these days. There's so many options and people have been taught wrong sales, uh, wrong sales tactics. And you know, the good people who are taught these tactics, they try to operate under these, these notions. This happened to me. They try to operate under these notions and it's just like, well, this doesn't match up with your integrity and who you are. So of course you're going to be fearful to get on the phone. Of course you're going to be like, well, I, I don't want to talk to anybody. The way I know I have to close people, it doesn't sit right with me. I remember when I was first doing my first million dollar raise, this was in 2017. I, I thought that the best way to learn about sales and closing was through a guy named Oren Claff, uh, the guy who wrote Pitch Anything. You know what yeah, I'm talking about? Yeah. I followed, I love him, right? You, I mean, you can't help but to love the guy, but I followed his stuff to a T thinking that I was just like him and I wasn't, I couldn't, I couldn't browbeat people. That wasn't in my personality. I wanted to help people. I wanted to serve. And because the way I learned how to, how to do sales and who I was, they weren't matching up. I had reluctancy. I had reluctancy to raise money. I raised $0 for that deal. So again, the first thing that I, the first place I, I think people go wrong is that they have an excessive focus on themselves rather than serving the other person. And then the second place I think people go wrong is they were just taught sales wrong. Another place people go wrong is maybe you're not, and this is, this is a little bit outside of real estate. This is more so for maybe the, the realtors or the, the coaches out there, but you're not really clear on your ideal target audience. You're not really clear on your ideal client, right? So of course you're going to be fearful. You don't know if you can serve them. You don't know if you're the right person for the job. You don't know if they're the right person for you, right? And like, like you said earlier, Zach, all of these things really wrap up in, in what we like to call fear. Fear shows up in, in it's, it's not overt, it's covert, right? It's a covert operative. Like fear is never going to just be like, hey, I'm at your front door. I'm fear. How's it going? It's always going to show up in these, in these meticulous ways. And, you know, ways like, you know, well, what if I don't know the answer? Like most people, I know a lot of people, Zach, who will not get on the phone if they feel like they don't know the answer to every single question a seller could possibly throw at them. They will not get on the phone. Or maybe you, you have weak beliefs about your solution. So you haven't been taught the, a, a proper system, right? Or you haven't, you haven't been coached through the, the, the proper ways of doing things. So you're not really sure if you can really deliver. So of course, you're not going to make the call. Like it's, it's natural. You shouldn't want to make the call at that point. Or, or maybe, you know, buyer defense strategies. You, you, have, you don't have a mentor. So what, I mean, people, we've all been coaxed, you and I, everybody out there, we've all, we've all had plenty of practice with screening calls, with uh, talking to people and hurrying up and trying to get them off the phone because they're trying to sell you something or get them off your porch. Like we all, we are all super incredible buyer defense mechanisms. So oh, if yeah. you call me within seconds, I'm going to try to get you off. That's just who we are. So we, we all have that practice. You as a first time salesperson, you as a first time realtor, you as a first time investor, you don't know how to rebuttal any of those mechanisms that we've all learned all our lives. So of course you're going to be call reluctant. Like this is I agree. You, you get what I I'm saying? 100% agree with you, Drez. It's funny because we're definitely in line because I, I, I was writing a couple of things as you were going through and I actually wrote down a couple of things before you actually said them. So we're, we're 100% right on, uh, right on task here. And the first thing I wrote immediately when you started going to Carl Lexi is if you really hone in, it's really fear of rejection. That's what people, like we're just, we're just, we were all born here to like, ourselves from being rejected. Like we're, we're all, um, hunters and gatherers, right? So we always have been in tribes. We always want to be within a community. So the, the moment you put yourself in a, here goes the word again, a vulnerable position where you could be rejected, which 
cold calling or, or calling people just in general where you're in that sales position, there's a good chance you're going to say no. The funny thing is, is it's okay if they say no, because you only need a handful of yeses in order to build a really good business anyways. And as soon as you start to be comfortable with rejection, then you become okay. Then being on the phone is never an issue because if you were just talking about it, people that don't know all the right answers, right? So they don't have all the right rebuttals because if they have all the right rebuttals and they've done a million rebuttals, then they're okay if somebody says no. So then they're in a better position. But if you haven't done all of that, then you're in a very good position for somebody to tell you no and then you not know how to react. So that rejection. (laughs) And and that you feel like, like, I feel like most people are just like, that no is going to shatter their world. Like they're going to crumble. Like I, like they don't want to hear that. No. And that happened to me. And you realize once you get that, no, you're like, Oh, there's life after a no, there's a next call. There's actually, oh. <laughs> that's where the conversation begins. Now that I've done so many calls, that's where the conversation starts. Yes. Uh, for those who don't know my business model, I mean, I buy and sell property on uh, with my family on lease options and terms deals deals that most people don't wake up in the morning and say, Hey, I want to sell my property on a lease option, or I want to sell it owner financing. Uh, so 99% of the people, and that's one of our scripts, 99% of the people are going to say no. 99% of the people want to sell their, their house on a traditional manner. So i just, the no is a, it's a perfect, it's, it's actually a perfect segue into uh, the rest of my conversation because no typically means that somebody does not have enough information at this point in time. And that's their only way to respond. So, so if we can, if anything, if you could take anything away from this conversation, it's that the fear rejection comes from people saying no to you. But if you can be super comfortable knowing that somebody is not actually personally targeting you when they say no, um, it's a business decision on their part. It's, I don't want to sell my property to you. I don't want to sell my property at 60% on the dollar for a good wholesale for you. Or I don't want to be your coaching client. For some reason, our, your model just doesn't fit what I'm trying to do. And, and that's okay. But no typically just means they need more information. So just put them in a follow-up system. And eventually, a lot of these people turn into yeses. So if you can realize that, then the fear of rejection is, uh, is, will go out the window. And I just wanted to hop on um, a couple of things you were talking about with sales just in general. And the point of sales is, and it's Bob Proctor is a, a person I always follow and somebody that's a, an outside mentor. I've been to plenty of his events. Sales is just guiding somebody to a decision. So if you approach it that way, and the decision doesn't have to be yes, and that's okay. But guiding somebody to make an educated decision. So you're just walking them through a process. So really you have to think of yourself as a bridge. There's a person over here and they want to get over here. Now, am I the best bridge in order to get them there? If you are, and you can, and you can figure this out by asking really specific questions based on whatever uh, industry you're in, but I bet you there's very specific questions you can ask to find out if you're the best fit for them. And if you are that bridge, then you have a deal. If you are not that bridge, you cannot force somebody to walk over you because you're not the best fit. Um, Is that, I love to use this example for exactly what you're speaking of. I mean, most people don't look at sales and marketing this way, but you have to. If you were, if you, if I, if I'm, if I, <laughs> I walk into the doctor's office with a bleeding neck, Zach, a bleeding neck, right? So good. That's not good. I mean, that is not good. Not and the good. doctor walks in and he looks me up and down. He, he prescribes me some Tylenol. That's, first off, that's not going to work. 
Second off, that's malpractice. I mean, there, there, there's so many things that come after that. And that's so, that's so much of what we do in sales. Like, because you're a wholesaler, you're calling people with the intent, I'm going to find a way to make them work with what I have to offer rather than I'm a real estate entrepreneur. I have all these tools in my tool belt. Let me figure out their situation. Let me figure out which one of my tools can help best get them to their option. Again, a doctor is going to first evaluate a situation. He's going to ask you a million questions before he prescribes anything and then we're, if we were all, if we all had our, on our, our doctor's hat right now, we'd all be performing malpractice because we're suggesting things for people that we don't know if that's the right care. We don't know if that's the right answer. You know, a doctor comes in and he's going to, he's going to check your, your, your pupils. He's going to, he's going to knock on your knee. He's going to say open wide. Like he's going to check all these things. He's going to formulate, okay, well, these are all these, these are all the symptoms for all these symptoms. This is the best possible solution for you then and only then can you prescribe what it is that you think is going to be possible for them. But most of us, we don't do that. So we need to have what I call a doctor frame and approach every situation with caution, approach with the mindset that we want to help the other person and we want to figure out the best solution for them. And I think that that's the best way that, again, going back to your example, when you're thinking about helping somebody um, to a goal or a destination, make sure that that's, that, that's where they want to go first, right? <laughs> so oh, I, I, love- <laughs> I agree. That's the first time I've ever heard that, be having like a doctor frame of mind. That's exactly the way it should be though. You have to just get curious about other people. And once you're curious about other people, then it becomes a natural conversation. So then it doesn't become a sales call, which just, if you're going to have a natural conversation with someone, you're probably way, you're probably in a much better position to not have reluctancy or not have fear. Like you don't, you don't call your friend. You don't sit, you don't sit there with your phone in your hand and say, I don't want to call my best friend. You know, it's like you have that fear. So if you knew that you were just going to have an open conversation and ask a person some specific questions to find out if it even makes sense for you to have an additional conversation or to guide them in the right, in the right place, you know, you, that fear would just dissipate. So uh, I think we've covered uh, a whole bunch of cool things here already uh, in the last like 40 minutes. So just, just be curious about other people. So then you're not having a sales call. You're not trying to buy their house on one call. All you're doing is trying to have an open dialogue with somebody and, uh, and then just find out if you're even the best fit for them. And either way is okay. Okay, we, we know that it's important first and foremost to have direct contact with your ideal customer, your avatar, your client, your seller, whatever it is. You need to have some type of direct contact with this person. We understand that. We understand that most of us, we put these barriers in front of ourselves to to not do the things that push our business forward. And it's because of the fear, right? It's because of these buyer defense strategies. It's because of our beliefs about our system. It's because we may not know the answer to everything. So to get the cure, guys, again, to wrap this thing up and get the cure, let's get really specific about our ideal customer. Let's get really specific about the seller that we're going after, right? The motivated list that that we're pursuing. Let's get really specific about the clients that we want. Going back to the doctor story, when you're really specific about this person and you're, you as a doctor, you, you, you've walked through, it's almost like, again, you're walking through the symptoms. Oh, you have a headache. Oh, 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 you get nauseous. You get this, you get that. Okay. And you guys are walking through your symptoms together. It's almost like, well, it's natural that of course I'm going to prescribe you Tylenol. That makes sense. Right. It's not even like a, Oh, you should, you sure. Are you sure I shouldn't get a, a cast? Like I think a cast would really, really be, be great for my headache. No, like you guys have walked through the progression and it's just a natural fit. You don't question the doctor. It's just, it's natural. So that's how you want it to be. So first get really specific about your ideal client, your customer, your target, whoever that is. 
and make sure that you are using a proven system. I, I think, Zach, you would agree with that. Make sure that you are using a proven system so that you don't have weak beliefs about your solution, so that you can enter conversations with full confidence, right? Uh, um, so that you know how to rebuttal buyer defense strategies. And, and, and last but not least, maybe even join a group or find mentorship, right? Um, a mastermind is so important. Me and Zach are a part of the same mastermind. And it's one of those things to where whether you have a mentor, a coach, some type of guidance or a system, this is gonna help you overcome your car reluctance. And even those of you out there that are just like, man, like I've been struggling with calls for the past two years or three years. I, like I've heard that, you know, I need to get out there. I need to start cold calling or I need to get out there. I need to start door knocking or I need to, I need to actually be front facing with my clients, but there's something in me. I just can't do it. Or, you know, I, I don't think I'm doing it right. I don't have the right syntax or I don't know my ideal target customer. We want to help you guys. We want to help you guys. And I want to invite every single one of you guys who are feeling this way to head over to beforethemillions.com forward slash call. That is beforethemillions.com forward slash call. I was going to have it say call reluctance, but that's too long. So we're just going to do call. <laughs> and, and, and guys, for those of you who have that slight angst, right? This is a perfect example of how you can start overcoming call reluctance. Because you're just like, I, I want to get on the call with those guys. I want, I want to talk to the right. I want to figure this out. I want to get really specific on my ideal customer, my target market. Or I want to I get really specific on my system, but I don't know if I'm going to actually book this call. I don't know if I'm actually going to go to beforethemans.com forward slash call. This is, a, this is a perfect exercise to help you get over your call reluctance. So again, if you're feeling this pressure, if you're, if you're like, man, like I need to get better at sales. I need to get better at closing. I need to get, be get better at, at trusting my process and overcoming fear. I need to be able to harness the fear because Zach, I, and I know we're closing, but I don't think we're saying that you shouldn't be fearful. Again, I, I told you guys at the beginning of this call that I have eight modalities. Like it's taken me a long time to get to the point to where I can get on call after call after call. Like literally I'm being interviewed uh, right now with Zach, right? Zach, I'm, I'm interviewing uh, Nick, your brother, right after this, right after that, I'm getting on a client call, right after that I have a Q and A with all of my clients. Like I'm in all these modalities. I almost set, I've set my schedule up and this may be something you guys have to do to where I don't even think about like every single time before every single one of those calls, I have a slight bit of fear before every single one of those calls, every single one, every single time. It doesn't go away, Zach. I don't think that even Bob Proctor and all these guys, like I think that every single time for every single successful person out there, they still have it. Now it may be a whole lot more faint, a whole lot less, a whole lot fainter than it was in the beginning, but it never goes away. So you're always going to have that. So I'm not saying don't have fear. I'm saying use that fear, harness that fear for your success. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm going to absolutely agree with you. I still have fear of the phone on, on occasion. I'll tell you that, especially if I'm uh, maybe in like a, a, a week long negotiation with somebody and I'm trying to get the right terms. And, and usually the fear is just really attached to some outside final explanation that I, I may or may not get. So I'm attached to this end result that I may or may not get. So I'm like, I'm fearful there. Uh, I still get afraid uh, when I, I still fear when I, when I go speak on stage or hop on these podcasts. And again, that's just, I know it's fear of rejection because I, I live it day in and day out. So I totally get that. Just like DeRay was saying, we don't want you to, to you're never going to eliminate fear. And, and I don't want you to feel like I'm weird because you're fearful. Don't, don't be that. I think actually you should constantly be living on the edge of fear because that means that you're constantly pushing yourself. Yes. The moment that you're not fearful anymore means that you're in a position where you've been there too many times and you're not growing. So always do that. Now, in order for in order for you to continue to push forward and grow, I just have like these these couple things that um, I like to follow. And really, it's number one: am I am I aligned with what I'm trying to accomplish? Number two: do I have the guidance 
to get there? And then number three, do I have the support in the community in order for me to accomplish those goals? If you have those lined up, Andre is offering you a, a free call here to, to chat with some guidance and to make sure you're in line with him and to get involved with a, with a community. And he's, he's offering that to you. So those would be the things that have always moved me in the right direction. And I've seen, you know, hundreds of students do the exact same thing as uh, that's, those are some major steps. So it doesn't just always come down to just being afraid of the phone. What, what's really happening is the overall picture uh, the overall situation that you're in just needs to be enhanced. So that way you can bring out those fantastic skills of yours and bring out that, you know, heroic personality that can allow you to then take it to the next level. First off, I want to say I'm really I'm really happy that we were able to have this conversation. I think this uh, this conversation was a long time due, and I think uh, the listeners got a lot of value out of this. So I, I'm excited that we're able to kind of give this value, value to each and every single one of them. Yeah, so I, I want to close this out with uh, the BTM tribe, as Duray loves to call you guys. Uh, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Uh, I follow the podcast, uh, Duray being a, a great friend of mine now. we seeing his community come through, and, and it's to each and every one of you that are listening and each and every one of you that are involved in his coaching programs and all of that. Um, so just continue to follow Duray. He's, he's definitely guiding you in the, in the right direction. And he didn't pay me to say this in, in any form or fashion, nor did he know I was going to say this. So what I just suggest is, again, follow those last three steps. Make sure that you are in line with what your goals are. Because once you're in line with your goals, the fear dissipates. It starts to become smaller. Once you have the right guidance, then the fear gets even smaller because you know that you always have somebody to lean on, such as a mentor or a, or a group of friends or a mastermind or accountability partner. You, you have the ability to, to eliminate some more of that fear and then get involved in a community because that community not only will eliminate some of that fear, but it's also going to push you. So that way that fear doesn't even matter anymore because now you have a bigger picture and you have a, a big enough why and a big enough support team that it doesn't matter if you're, if you're afraid or not, you're still going to look in the mirror and you're going to say, I'm going to do this anyways. That's what, that's what, uh, you know, being heroic is. That's what's being a hero is knowing that you have fear. You look in fear in the, in the face and still moving forward. So thank you guys for tuning into another fantastic podcast episode and DeRay, thanks for letting me be your host. Hey, I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, again, I want to, I just want to iterate guys, if you haven't already head over to before the millions.com forward slash call, we're going to get you really specific on your ideal customer, your ideal client. We're going to make sure that you're using the proven system, right? And you're actually going to get driven results. And, um, again, if you need mentorship, we'll offer that too, and help you with that as well. Zach, I want to quickly talk about the fact that, Hey, you guys have a specific niche that you guys cover. And I think it's amazing. And it's my, my establishment is like less than one tenth of what these guys are doing. These guys are doing amazing things at, at the coaching level uh, on an unbelievable scale. And it's one of those things to where I glean knowledge off of Zach every single week. Like I, I've learned so much from him and him and his team. And I just kind of want to let you guys, for those of you guys who are interested in, in different strategies, let you guys know what uh, Zach and his team are offering. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah. Me and my family, uh, we own a company, smartrealestatecoach.com. Uh, and I'll, I'll give away our free book. We actually just had a, a new Amazon bestselling book uh, that I co-authored with my brother-in-law, Chris, my father-in-law, I'm sorry, my brother-in-law, Nick, which you're going to interview next, and uh, my father-in-law, Chris, New Rules of Real Estate Investing. Uh, so you can get that on Amazon, but what we'll do is we'll throw that in the show notes as well. And if it's on Facebook Live, we'll throw that below. That way you guys can get a free book from uh, me, no shipping, no handling. But 
but we focus in on building and scaling people's real estate investment companies, but we focus on the niche of buying and selling on terms. So lease purchase, owner financing, subject to deals, uh, creating three distinct paydays without using your own cash, credit, or investor's money. So if you wanna learn more about that, we'll attach a bunch of free stuff to these uh, to this video and, uh, and make sure you get taken care of and make sure you let us know that it came from DeRay. Awesome. 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 Well, Hey, thanks for closing us out. That's all we have for you guys today. Again, check out the show notes. Um, if you're on Facebook live, drop us a comment, let us know that you love the video. You love the content. Hey, this was about call reluctance, like so many value bombs in this show. Like we just, we, we gave it to you guys and I hope you guys enjoyed it until next time. We'll talk to all of you guys very, very soon.